the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. Pastor uh, Paul Crandall, our guest tonight on the Truth For Today Lifeline edition, our Friday edition, last Friday of the month. Uh, Craig has always been kind enough to let us in and spend some time with you in God's Word, addressing issues socially, scripturally. And uh, so that's what we're doing tonight. Now, usually, Pastor Phil Howard is with us. He is enjoying grandkids. Oh, see, now, I get that. As a grandfather, I totally get that. So I don't fault him one bit. But the cool thing is, is his predecessor here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules has been able to step in tonight. And wait a minute. Successor. Successor. I I said predecessor, didn't I? It's okay. It's senior moment. (laughs) I can, I can, you know, I love that. I can, I can now pull that yeah. card. It's taken over six decades to get here, yeah. but I can finally and pull. And you might as well use it. I'm, I, you know, you know what? That and my 10% discounted IHOP. They, I, golly, okay. we're on it. 15 at Denny's, I believe. Ooh, there you go. I'm hot. Let's go to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, his successor, hmm. Pastor Paul Crandall, or should I say, Doctor hmm. Paul? You'd be the only one, and that's The doctor okay. is in. Yeah, I know. I, what, are, what are letters at the yeah. beginning of the day? You know, I actually remember going to a, um, uh, uh, a, uh, a mission trip. We were smuggling Bibles into Romania back when Ceausescu was in. Mm. And I had a profound change, life change at that point, because we got to start meeting some of these old saints. Yeah. And they were introducing the saints as, this is Saint so-and-so, seven years for the name. This is so-and-so, eight years for the name. I was like, seven years, eight years, four, what are you talking about? Seven years in prison for Christ. Wow. Eight years in prison for, I'm thinking. That, and that's, we're a in, resume. My, that's a resume. My first thought was, and we're in America, rolling over each other for letters, PhD. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. really? Seven years in seminary. Seven years in prison sounds a lot. Uh, it was it was eye opening, humbling, and what a testimony these saints had. Mm, I love really it. Really, so yes, uh, for you and I tonight, yeah, Doctor, nah, he's Pastor Paul. Yeah, he joins us here tonight. Triple eight F O R K F A X. If you want to join the conversation, eight 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 three six seven fifty three twenty nine. I think we've got a line open. We'll take a call here in just a moment. But before we do, I want to get back to what we were talking about just before the break, and yes. and that is the senior moment I've had once again. Hmm. If I don't write this stuff down, <laughs> it just goes right out. See, right that's out why I'm here. Window. That's why you're I here. I can just tell I'm making such a significant but impact. But you're 36. Your you can <laughs> do this. See, I can remember when yeah. I was 36. Yeah. yeah. Well, kind of remember. Yeah. So, All I, right, so I can't. I, you know. It's okay. I'll recap. We're good. <laughs> so the recap essentially is this to kind of give you a little uh, catch up if you just join us uh, here is uh, just kind of sharing personal reflection here that uh, that what I've kind of gone through in my personal devotional life in kind of walking through the racial tension moment was to dive into the book of Deuteronomy where the people of God were at a pivotal moment, which I feel we are in as well. And yet there's also a depressing moment there for 
Moses as he tells the people, don't repeat this, the past sins, but he tells them, but you're going to. Until God comes in and circumcises your heart, until God does that new work. And the people of God wait. We wait hundreds of years. I mean, we get Deuteronomy, and there's a lot more Bible. Uh, there's a lot more of the Old Testament. There's there's hundreds, thousands of years. And then we get Christ who comes in and says, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, that he does that inner work that we've been waiting for. We all want to be better. We all want the world to be better. But in order to get better, you've got to see Christ for who he is. And I think Christ speaks into racial tension moments. In fact, we see this when he clears out the temple. Right. We see this in, in, in Mark chapter 11. It's something that can be lost on us because when we read it, uh, we think of it as kind of this almost how do we explain away the anger of Christ there? Because yeah. he, he sits and methodically puts together a whip and then he drives out these people. And you think, well, well, that's a church service that probably all of us would love to go to, you know, if, if so, right. I mean, that is, that is, that is live television right there. Can we put this on Zoom? Yeah, exactly. Right. right? Yeah. I think everybody would attend if the pastor, you know, was going to body slam somebody or something. But you have this, this really radical moment. And then Jesus lets out his heart and he says this, he says, it is written, he's quoting scripture here. He says, my, my house shall be called, I love that. My house shall be called a house of prayer for the nations, nations. but you've made it a den of robbers. And what it, what was happening is basically the traders that were doing something good because they were exchanging um, money because people would come from foreign uh, places and they had to exchange their money in order to put the correct money into the temple. Uh, they couldn't carry a bunch of sacrifices because sacrifices were so important in Old Testament worship. So traveling from a long distance, carrying all your sacrifices was difficult. So they were giving uh, sacrifices for the people. So they were making a means for worship, right? It's a little different for us, of course, in the 21st century world in the New Covenant. But they're doing something good, but it's where they were doing it. They're doing it in the court of Gentiles, the place where the people who are non-Jewish could pray. And so Jesus comes in and he says, no, this is wrong. Essentially what he's saying is racism has come into my church. Right. And my church will be a house of prayer for the nations. And so I think Christ wants to speak in. So for the, And we talked about this in our last little uh, before the commercial break, that we have these generational sins that keep kind of coming up and we need to be mindful of them. You know, we need to own our personal sin, but we need a we confession moment that we need to change the trajectory and the past uh, that has been laid out. So how do we do that? We do that by realizing that Christ is the one who can change our heart. Right. Exactly. And exactly. and we follow his agenda that race is important. The nations are important. All peoples are important. You know, they are blood bought. Right. In the end, every tribe, tongue and nation will worship uh, Christ. And he in, has won them at the cross in a number that no man can count. Amen to that. Let's take uh, we've got a couple of minutes left before the break, but let's uh, let's go to the phones. We've got a phone line open at triple eight F.O.R.K.F.A.X. Meanwhile, another one being occupied by Vic in Oakland. Hi, Vic. Thanks for uh, waiting. Welcome to Lifeline with Pastor Paul. Hi. Um, I guess I have like a comment because I've been trying to listen um, on the Deuteronomy thing and then the sins of the father and generational thing and then hmm. of course uh, about um, black and my brother um, I'm just giving you a comment on this particular thing my brother we're from the island of Guam and my brother uh, he had a skin color just like the black man and uh, hmm. he went in uh, to jail for um, 
not following some rules on something, and he was beaten by three of the men that were jailed him or officers or whoever they were in Richmond. And, well, my brother's gone now with the Lord. He's been gone for two years. And I want you to know I'm sorry for that. that we can't really explain the pain of the black people. And like I mm. said, my brother has skin color like black. And I'm telling you, the generations of the deep inner pain of their family stories of horror of how they were weight beaten and whatever had happened in their life, it's so deep that we don't even know that pain that True. they have carried from their generation to generation in just being in the church in uh, in, in this U.S. of A. And when I say the church, when we're talking circumcision of the heart, we lack that in our churches because look what we're going through still hmm. today when the circumcision in the heart should begin with the churches and the leaders Amen. in the churches, because we are to exemplify a pure love as Christians through mm. Christ Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we are true in Christ, in worship, in spirit, in truth, we look bad to the unsaved if we are not even handling in a holiness walk, and do not misunderstand me, I don't mean sinless perfection, but I mean the attempt to really walk that walk of a true holy love of the Holy Spirit sealed in us, in which empowers and equips us to learn to grow in grace, and mm -hmm. more grace, and more mercies that are new every morning, and weeping, and weeping for people who have died and suffered and carried these generational not fitting in, um, just not being included as one in Christ, one in body, one in unity. And it hurts me and when I go to God and crying out for intercessory, forgive our churches, Father, and the leaders if we have come away and quenched and grieved the Holy Spirit sealed in us. Lord, mm. take over. Lord, take over. And Amen. in the manner of our leadership, because our people, our people, all people are hurting and dying. And how yes. do you see us, Father, in your Amen. eyes? Do we represent the true body of Christ or not? Vic that's no you're right we're not Vic and uh, boy I tell you what we mm. we can take a break now because she just finished yeah, the program I, for us I, I love <laughs> I love your you know your comments there you, you mentioned something that we don't know you know we don't know we we can't feel uh, the these the the experiences of others and I would I would agree with you and I think this is one of those times of listening right this is a time of reflection if we're gonna look in the mirror and right. ask ourselves the deep and hard questions, which are, is there sin in me? 
You know, do I have a way that does not honor you, Father? Search my heart, O God. Right. That that think about that, that 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 we have to ask for assistance to search our own heart. Right. That that it's not just something that we can do alone in personal introspection and find the sin that's deeply rooted in us. We need divine intervention to give us the proper lens and appraisal of ourselves. We need that spiritual mirror. We do. Yeah, we do. We need that. And and we need ears to listen. And so I love First of all, thank you for sharing, and, and I'm sorry for the passing of, uh, I believe it says he was your uh, brother. brother yeah. And so, and, and it's, it's hard to hear about his story. It's hard to hear about his story and the mistreatment that he experienced. And and th- I think, thank you for sharing that. And I think we need a lot of conversations like this, where we say, I don't know, but I'm glad to learn. I'm right. glad to to listen and understand. I think that's probably one of the most healing things we can do. Vic, thanks for your call very much. We appreciate it. That does leave a line open at triple eight F O R K F A X, and it leaves me with a question. You know, it can atrocities and pain be too deep for the cross? Mm. Let's talk about that on the other side of the break. We'll leave you right there for a moment. Take a quick time out. Check some traffic. Pay some bills. This is Lifeline with uh, Pastor Paul Crandall here tonight. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center now. We've got another look at your commute. The impeccable Michael Bennett stands up to the mic and says... And now, back to Lifeline. Pastor Paul Crandall, our guest tonight on Lifeline. It is a Truth For Today Friday. The phone number is 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X 888-367-5329. If you have a question for Pastor Paul, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, just before the break, Paul, we were talking about the fact that uh, it's hard to understand somebody else's story. And mm-hmm. we all, no, no matter our race, no matter who we are, we all have a story. Mm-hmm. Some of us have experienced greater pain than others. True. Uh, some of us have experienced greater atrocities than mm-hmm. others. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about it earlier, World War II. You know, we, we, we read Anne Frank's diary. Yeah. And we think, holy cow, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and as our last caller just mentioned, Vic from Oakland, uh, her brother, yeah. uh, man, you're right. We don't know that pain and we don't mm. know that atrocity that they've experienced. Mm. But the question I left you with is, is there a pain or an atrocity that is so great that the cross cannot reach it? Yeah. See, I, 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 I empathize with the caller that it's, I think it pains me to not know the pain. You know, I, I think I flash back uh, during the Rodney King uh, beatings. I was eight years old when all of that kind of happened. But I remember uh, being in a you know family that watched the news with my, my, my grandparents. Grandparents had a big impact on my life. And so I remember watching that. And I just thought to myself, how is this possible? Right. How is this? How could how could this be done? And your heart hurts yeah. for those experiencing pain. And, and it almost hurts you that you can't feel their pain. Right. You know, I know you being a father, grandfather, somebody gets hurt. Your kids get hurt. You would do everything to take that pain from them and and want that. And and I would say I think it is right that we cannot know the pain of others completely, you know, unless we're in the room and and the baton hits us, too. Right. We don't know the true pain. But here's the beauty, I think, of the cross, because there's somebody who does know our pain. Yes. Right. Because, the, yes, pain makes us feel alone. Nobody's feeling what I'm feeling. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows my story. And there's some sense in which that is very true. Right. Nobody does know your personal pain or story. But there is somebody who does. The God man does. 
because the greatest greatest atrocity, the greatest victim, right, of any villainy was the murder of God's son, right, the murder of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't just the Romans, you know, pulled by Jewish leadership, pressured by them politically, and they took his life. But it was the father's hand set against him as well. Please the father to crush him. To crush him. It, it says in Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 28, it says, uh, or I'll read uh, into verse 27. It says, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. So Peter is saying, who is responsible for the crucifixion? You have all of these political powers who are in charge to see Christ crucified. But in verse 28, right, the deepest pain of the cross is to do whatever your hand, your plan had predestined to take place, right? So you have this this murder and sacrifice. You have this violence committed against the perfect man, right? It's not just the unjust. The most innocent man The most ever. innocent man who deserves our 100% adoration, right? The cosmos are bent towards his glorification. It's like everything is moving toward him, should honor him and worship him. And yet we turn the tables and created cosmic tyranny in moving in the other direction when we didn't not just worship, but what then we tried to destroy. I mean, that's what we did. And mm-hmm. so the worst thing, uh, as, as hard as it is to say that there's something worse than the Holocaust, yeah. there's something worse than transatlantic slave industry, there's something worse than abortion in America and in the, in the globe, there's something worse and that is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ at the hand of the Romans, but also being a sacrifice and being punished by the Father for our sin. And that's the one who says to us, I'm your high priest who knows. Right? So it's true. Don't lean on a friend to know your pain. Lean on a friend to listen. Right? I think there are a lot of people out there who are willing right now to listen. And, our, and Yeah, and our Father uses that. Second uh, Corinthians yes, 1. Yes. Comfort one another wherewith the comfort you've right. been received. Yes, that is our calling, but... But you you got to take it to him. You, you got to take your your pain will only be made right when you bring it to the Lord. We have to at best we can only be Jonathan's to David who can go and help you find your strength in God. Yeah. And nowhere else. Amen to that. And that and there is no, you will always feel alone in your pain until you pray. All right. So we've got a, a an abbreviated uh, segment here. So we'll take another quick time out, get back on track, and keep the conversation rolling with Pastor Paul Crandall. We are looking at God's Word and how it addresses just about anything and everything we experience, especially in our current culture. 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's the number, should you choose to call. Right now, we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center once again, and yet once again, the mighty traffic guy, Michael Bennett, turns to us, winks, and says. And now, back to Lifeline. We're back. It's Andy Froyland along with Paul Crandall, the pastor of Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Marvelous to uh, be here tonight. It's just a delight. It's our truth for today, Friday. Last Friday of the month, Craig says, "Ah, you know, I want to go on vacation. So he does. And he goes on vacation, and he leaves the door open, so we sneak in, hmm. and we commandeer the joint. And so we have for the night. That's and, right. We uh, broke in. We broke in, yeah. Neener, neener, neener. Meanwhile, uh, Craig's over in the closet going, <laughs> we'll let him out once we're done. That's right. Um, <laughs> we... Uh, we left off with the idea that uh, there is a lot of pain in this world, hmm. uh, but there is no pain that is so deep that Christ cannot reach in and heal hmm. it. Hmm. And 
as we as we start winding ourselves down this evening, Paul, I just I, the desire to encourage our listeners tonight. Hmm. Don't don't think things are hopeless. Yes. Yes. Don't think that uh, nobody can understand your pain. Hmm. Hmm. And don't think that there isn't healing available. You know, I I know there are some of you out there listening tonight who think that you need to have at least a dozen white people come up to you on their knees going, I'm sorry. Hmm. It's not going to be enough. Hmm. We we can parade 500. We can parade 500,000 white people over your threshold to Hmm. say, I'm sorry. Hmm. And you're going to walk away empty. Hmm. But if we parade Christ and his grace into yes. your soul, you'll walk away satisfied. Amen to that. Amen to that. And I think that as we went back to that, you know, even that speaking to that caller of the pain, that know that you have a high priest, you know, one who intercedes on your behalf, who knows your pain, who took on flesh. You talk about the ultimate act of empathy, mm. right? The divine took on flesh and, and felt not only the injustices against us, but felt the injustices of us, right? Our wrongs that we commit. He felt the true weight of sin. And I think even felt it more than anybody ever has felt it because he did not sin. You know, yeah. when you when you fall into temptation, you break under the weight of temptation, right? When you sin, you break under the weight of temptation. But Christ was tempted in every way, yet not without sin. So he knows the true weight and pressure because he lifted it, right? Yeah. We didn't crush under 800 pounds of temptation. Or we we did. He did not. Right. So he he maxed out whatever that is, right? So he can intercede to our inner turmoil, right? And also speak to injustice because he's the one who's experienced the most unjust act. It was in his crucifixion. I think for us as followers of Christ, you know, we we do a great service to those who have a different story than us when we listen. And I think that's something. Sadly, you know, uh, that's it. At times being lost. I don't want to be too pessimistic. I think naturally I kind of bent more towards that. Uh, you know, but I I think we are missing opportunities to educate ourselves through listening. And I think I was struck by the by James, uh, the brother of Jesus, who by God was used um, to write the book of James. And it says something very interesting about wisdom. In James chapter 3, verse 17, it says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and of good fruits, Mm. impartial and sincere. What struck me was it's open to reason. Yeah. You know, wisdom doesn't know it all. Wisdom doesn't parade as a know-it-all. Wisdom listens. It's open to reason. I think it's sad, and, and I don't know, and again, I don't want to... You know, I'm technically a millennial, right? So, you know, I should be the one on social media all the time and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all those different platforms, you know. Um, but sadly, I think social media has, I want to say, hurt us more than helped us, I think, in this season. I believe you're right. In this season. And here's the reason why. I'm a boomer, so I can say right, that. Right, right. Okay, <gasps> boomer. Right. Uh, but I think there's part of it because there's a value in a social media world. You have to speak loud, speak quick and speak past right which is incredibly unhelpful it, it only multiplies your enemy and doesn't ever educate your fellow man you speak loud so it's like right when news hits if you don't post something within 24 hours then you're an accomplice it's yeah. like you you just become this per- if something comes out there's a video there's anything if you don't post anything your silence 
all of a sudden becomes you praising that, which I don't know how that works, right? So, but then there's a sense that you need to speak aloud. So all the volume you have, all of the, the, the kind of anger that you have, put it all out there. And what we do is we speak past each other. Yeah. And there's no learning. There's no, I don't know, you know, your experience with social media, but I'll tell you mine. I don't think I've ever seen anybody on social media say, man, I'm so convinced by your persuasive reasoning. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you how, how the light bulb has come on, the epiphany moment it has taken place. And this is a true watershed moment in my life. And I will turn and transform my life and, and, and concede to you. Nobody, I've never seen anybody concede. If, if ever there was a miracle God could not pull <laughs> off, that would probably be it. Right? It feels like you need it. Yeah. It's like, that might be harder to explain to Thomas than the resurrection. Thomas is like, okay, if I see a but I need to see the post. Yeah, yeah, you need yeah. to you show need to me show post, me yeah. that I and, and and just I think again I think that that's I'm just gonna be honest I've had to have conversations with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and really told them you need to stop yeah you need to call I know you have their number call them yeah. stop because it's getting to the point we have the ability think about it to place billboards kind of up. And we are hurting each other, hating each other, and not open to reason. Think about the last time a Twitter post ever followed these peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, and sincere. Like, we should figure out an algorithm that will block everything that's not that. And then yeah. I think I think Twitter would disappear, right? I it think would. It would. It'd go by the wayside. <laughs> be, it really would. You know, and, and we're, that, that's sad because yeah. there's such a great platform, and yet it is so... We have not learned to listen. You know, you you were a youth pastor at one time. Mm. I, I was a youth pastor back in the early 90s, mm-hmm. dating myself, <laughs> pre, you know, yeah. uh, pre Facebook, Twitter and all that fun yeah. stuff. And I, I and I can. In fact, I was telling my daughter just uh, a couple of days ago, you know, you're, you're dealing with issues. You're 13. So you're confused. Mm. I get it. I, I you know, I, I've, I've spent time with kids like you yeah uh four or five drama instances and you're in turmoil yeah sadly our kids today because of this whole oh, man. social media issue it's not four or five drama issues it's 15 to 35 of them yeah and they're available in an instant and and that's just with yeah. our kids what we're talking about tonight takes it to a whole nother yeah, level and the degree to what they're i mean exactly we, we collectively as a globe watched a man die yes like, think about that. I'm just, just, I know I didn't grow up in the best neighborhood. I remember the first dead body I saw was walking home from junior high. And I remember right. that just stuck me. A clerk got shot at the liquor store uh, right before I happened to walk by. And that just, man, that, that moved me. And then, of course, funerals and different things, been to those. But to, to actively watch somebody lose their life and beg for it, that's what we watched. Mm-hmm. That's what we saw. And not to say that we shouldn't, in a sense, see it, know it, feel it. There's a sense in which we need to be hit by that, right? There's a sense in which I think that is that is true. But th- we are bombarded by the amount of things that are out there. And some of our kids are bombarded by Like how many 12-year-olds do you think saw that? How many 11, 10-year-olds? Tons. Saw that. Thousands. Thousands. And then... And then, and then and then they've seen more and more and more and it's it's good it needs to come out the truth needs to come out but then what do they see then they see these these speaking past speaking loud speaking quick I don't know part of me thinks put it down over. call yeah and Just then the cycle is over and and, and here, at, at the end of the day 
there is no time, as you say, and mm. as James tells it, James tells us, there yeah. is no time to listen. Yeah. The social media does not give you yeah. that luxury doesn't have of ears. taking a moment to listen. Yep. Because by the time you say, I think I need to listen to this, you're on to the next three or four issues. Yeah. You move so fast. Yeah. You move so fast. You don't really read the article. You don't read the post. You just, you read the title, you move on, you post about it, and then you put something that you think is clever, and then you move on to the next one. And it's just, it's, it's a great way not to solve a problem. It's a great way to get upset. It's a great way to hurt people. It's a, and again, I know I'm sounding so many. And we can do it by hiding. We can be (laughs) ambiguous about this. We can hide under pseudonyms and we can hide behind a screen. I can be in a whole nother country attacking somebody and I don't have to worry about the repercussions. Yeah. We, we have become, it's crazy. We are trying to solve a social issue in an antisocial way. Bingo. Social media makes you antisocial. Yeah. Because you can you're you're your keys, you know, and you don't see and you don't really truly empathize. Even though we've seen atrocities on our screen, if we saw that live, that would be something totally different. But yeah. we can't reconcile each other unless we are live right in front of each other. So I've I've encouraged people to put away your phone, call somebody up. Use use the app that's named after it. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, exactly. <laughs> just just call somebody up, you know, social distance, do whatever. Uh, find somebody who's of a different ethnicity than you and just sit and talk and be educated. I would say I've had that opportunity and I have learned more that way than I have from any social media posts. Well, and like you said, and I know uh, we've got to take a time out here, but it, mm. it, it bears repeating. Don't just sit and talk, but sit and listen. Mm. We, we have become so poor at listening. Yes. And that needs to be a priority in our lives. We'll take a time out Amen. and come back and continue the conversation with Pastor Paul Crandall here on Lifeline. It's the truth for today, Friday. We have a final, a final look. Michael's over there going, it's about time. A final look at your commute. Mr. Michael Bennett, what saith you? And now back to Lifeline. And we are on the downhill slide, as they say. Pastor Paul Crandall, our guest tonight here on Lifeline. I'm Andy Froyland. It's our Truth For Today Friday edition of Lifeline on KFAX. And uh, thank you so much for hanging with us through these last couple of hours. We've been dealing with uh, a lot of issues that surround us politically, socially, economically. And we're dealing with it from a, a biblical perspective. And just before the break, we were just trying to reemphasize the fact that it's imperative. We, if we are to make any headway in what we're doing here, especially mm-hmm. with race relations and all of the things that we find ourselves swirling around us, hmm. we need to stop and really listen. True. I mean, that is, that is key. But we can't just leave it there. Right. And that's where we're going to close our time out tonight. Yeah. It takes more than just listening and understanding. We have to go further, don't yeah. we, as believers in Christ? And that's a big step. It's a big step to take, to take time to stop and listen and hear, and even hear things that you disagree with, but listen. Be open uh, to reason, as James says, wisdom is filled with. Listen. Uh, hear the, uh, people reflect on their past or hear people uh, tell their stories. Hear people speak into your story and, uh, and and those things. And those will be educational moments. But the Christian is charged with more than that. Something more more courageous. The listening is what we need to start doing. But the Christian, the follower of Christ, has a prophetic obligation to speak into culture, to not just listen to culture, but to speak into culture and not just listen to people, but speak into people's lives. And this is, this is the harder challenge. Uh, because it's the moment, um, hopefully it's not a moment of friction, but it can be a moment of friction. You know, anytime you speak something that is objectively true, 
that is true no matter what anybody thinks about it. Uh, it stands on itself. Uh, anytime that moment happens, now you get into a very uh, divided moment. But we need to embrace that. And I think the world is waiting for somebody to speak. And and at, I want to say, and this time we, we should do it. I think there are times where the church, um, my brother Chuck and I were just talking about that, how the church has at moments not spoken and not stepped out. And even in, in, in racial tension, in civil rights, that we've been moments where we have, but there's been moments that we've had it, and it's regrettable that we have not. But we have the only thing that can actually change the heart. We, we, if we had the vaccine to COVID-19, we would be telling everybody. But we have the vaccine to sin. We have the vaccine uh, uh, to the brokenness that we all experience. The, the, we need a heart change, and we have the vehicle that can give that. The great remedy that can change your life, the great remedy to, that can unlock eternal life, the thing you've been waiting for, hoping for, the thing that you keep repeating the same patterns because you haven't yet embraced, we have that. And we need to say it, and we need to say it without fear of consequence. I think we're at a John the Baptist-like moment. We're talking about this in, in Matthew chapter 4. And this is John the, Bas- John the Baptist speaking to a moral issue of a political leader. So in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, I'll kind of summarize some of the details here. He speaks out against this unlawful marriage that should not happen. And it says, because John had been saying, it is not lawful for you to have her. He's speaking of Herod's brother's wife, uh, or Philip's wife. And he says, it's not okay. This is not good. You should not do this. And he loses his head over it. His head is cut off. They're at a party. There's a dance. A favor is asked. I want John the Baptist's head. And it's given to him. You think so? So you have this prophet who speaks out. Who speaks out to something that is wrong in the culture, right? Something that is that should not be happening. Not just within the confines of the church, right? It's, he's not, it's not talking about a church gathering here. Right. He is speaking out to something that is not okay. That should not happen, right? Our message is too powerful to be kept within church walls. We need to say something. We need to say that that's not right. What I'm afraid that we do at times, because we're so, you know, tense and nervous that, that we kind of just go back to where we feel our, our buddies are, right? And so if, I'm not going to speak out. I'm going to speak. Whatever, whatever, what are the people like me going to say? So, so we respond to situations as first we ask ourselves, well, well, how does a Republican respond? That should be my response. Yeah, we've got a sophisticated answer. It's let's wait for an election and try and find yeah. somebody to change a law. Exactly. Or, or how should a Democrat uh, speak? Or how should a Libertarian speak? Or how should... Even, even, even. How does my ethnic people group speak to this? Do I have an obligation to a larger group? Well, it's like we're waiting for this camaraderie to build, and then we'll speak out because we don't want to ever say something that will ruffle some feathers. And yet, that is not has not been the Christian witness. You know, John the Baptist is right there saying it. He was willing to speak out and accept whatever consequences there are. I, a Christian, if a Christian is popular, they may be going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Popularity is for heaven. Yes. You know, persecution yeah. is for now. And, and not that we run after it, but we need to be courageous to embrace it. Yeah, it's not that we run after persecution. It's that we run after righteousness and then right. stand when the persecution comes because it will. Yeah, yeah. I, you're, you're right. I think yeah. I think we miss out on a lot of 
a lot of that persecution because we fail to be obedient to what God has called us yeah. to. And, and, and James, the brother of Jesus, when he's talking about what's pure and undefiled religion, right, is, mm-hmm. is to look after widows and orphans in their affliction, to visit them, to visit the widows and orphans in their affliction. Why does he choose that kind of segment? Because they're the ones who are disenfranchised. They're the ones who are disadvantaged. And so he says, you, you cannot call your religion pure and undefiled before God if you're not saying that's not right, that's not lawful, that's not okay. Right. But then on top of that, you need to because the culture will cheer you for that moment, but then say, but friend, we will continue to do this. We will devalue people who don't look like us and we will discard their life until our hearts are changed in Jesus Christ. Until we recognize it, it's like we were saying in the mirror that or, or saying a, a little bit ago that we need to look in the mirror and 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 legislation forms when we say you were the offender, we need to change this. But conversion happens when you look in the mirror and say, I need to change myself. There's sin in me. I hope our nation looks in the mirror and says, there is hate in me. There is hurt in me. There's pain in me. There's violence in me. I, I am a victim, but I am a villain, right? I commit offenses and people hurt me, but I hurt people. And the only way to find forgiveness for those things and truly be transformed for your, for your moral aspirations to really become a reality is to confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Hmm. To believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's the moment that things will start to change. And it won't change until then. We'll just pick a new target, target to hurt. Yeah, to we, we devalue life, and by hmm. doing so, it allows our pride to hide behind that devaluation hmm. and realize, uh, well, live in a, in a rather secure life without yeah. any fear or retribution from the cross. And, and maybe what it takes is it takes the church to confess first, right? If yeah. Daniel confessed and then he saw his people restored, maybe that's what we need. I mean, do we expect those... Uh, the, you know, in church language, we say the world, those outside the church that we love and care about. Do we expect them to lead out in confession or do we expect ourselves to lead out? I think we should expect ourselves to do that. Is if we're looking for revival, we need to s- at least start by drawing mm-hmm. a circle around ourselves. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Oh, well, I, we've covered a lot of ground tonight, Paul. I want to thank you for joining us here. It's oh, it's been, been great. A, oh, it's been a, a, a joy for us. And, uh, boy, it, Let's 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 tell Pastor Phil he can stay an extra month or two. Right? <laughs> tell him to hang out with the grandkids. <laughs> He'll be okay with that. Oh, spend another month with the grandkids. You're fine. Yeah. Everything's okay. Maybe no. they're done. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not true. Oh, it has been a delight, Paul. Thank you so much for joining us here this evening. This has been our Truth For Today Friday edition of Lifeline here on KFAX. As always, it's a joy to spend time with you behind the microphone. Well, you're behind the speakers, so. At any rate, it's been a privilege and a pleasure. We'll do it again next month and call it another Friday edition of Truth For Today. In the meantime, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Joel... He can be found on page 943 in your pew Bibles. Thank you for running the knobs. Wanda Sanchez, our producer, and your ears round out the trifecta for this, what we call Lifeline. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk at you next time. And until then, may Christ be your all in all. God bless. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Thank you.